Hello everyone and welcome back for some more freshly brewed drag tea. Today I have with me an incredible Canadian queen who graced our screens when she appeared on the makeover challenge on season 2 of Canada's Drag Race where she was partnered with Isis Couture. She then went on to compete in season 2 of Call Me Mother. I'm super excited for you all to get to know her better and learn more about her amazing journey in drag. We'll of course be talking all things Drag Race and I'll be asking some of the amazing questions you all sent in. Please join me in welcoming the always stunning Michaela Couture. Hello everyone. Oh my God, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. You look fabulous by the way. Thank you, thank you. This is the first interview I've worn like my natural hair in. So you're getting the, the, all the beauty. (laughs) <laughs> I know I love it it's given me very like I don't know um oh what's I am telling you I'm not going like that is it not show oh my god yeah <laughs> yes yes I want to give a bit of Jennifer Hudson a little bit of um Grace Jones a pull from the 70s like that's very my vibe right now <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking when I saw the hair I was like that is giving me that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking <laughs> well you look fabulous thank you so much for being here I'm very excited um, obviously, um, we met each other sort of relatively recently at DragCon, which was lovely. So I'll, I'll put up a picture. But it was lovely meeting you. It was so lovely meeting you. It was nice to actually finally be able to like see the real person, <laughs> like in real life. Like that was probably the best part of DragCon, just like finally seeing everyone I interact with online, just like in person. Yeah, it would. No, it was lovely. I saw a few. I I got to meet a few different like content creators but also the queens like yourself and Isis was there obviously because you were part of her booth like the house of couture and Kimmy was there as well uh not yeah. when I Kimmy wasn't there when I was there but she was there a, a different time so but yeah and um then I also have got my signed photo oh my gosh <laughs> yes <laughs> here's oh my, my ring light <laughs> there you go it gives you like a halo effect <laughs> it, i was just about to say the little halo right above my head there you go <laughs> wow the world just knows <laughs> well um no i mean i'd love you know i'm sure my audience might we were very excited there was lots of questions for you um but I guess, so my audience will probably know you best from the makeover challenge on season two of Canada's Drag Race, where you were partnered with Isis. And you're now in the House of Couture as well, in Isis's house. So I was just wondering maybe if you could sort of explain a bit about how you got involved in the makeover challenge and sort of how that all came about in terms of your your career now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, it's funny because... so. I had a I heard had already kind of established a drag career for myself before the episode. Um, I started drag when I was about like 16 or so. And um, you know, I went to university, um, but it was at the height of the pandemic. So I wasn't really feeling it. And I knew that if I left, I had to do something and do it very seriously. So of course, the business side of me came through and I was just like, I'm gonna apply to every grant, every little project that shows up and just um, you know, ask if I can turn it into a regular artist grant and turn it into some sort of drag project. Um, and so the day that I got the 
email for, you know, like casting, looking for teens. Um, I was actually getting ready for a music video that day that I was filming. That's on YouTube. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, ironically, so I was just like, you know, sitting there kind of like getting things into the suitcase, getting ready. And I seen this email and I was assuming that it was just some sort of like news broadcast thing because it was in uh, the beginning of June, I believe. So I, I just thought it was some sort of like pride project that they wanted teens for. Um, and then lo and behold, I go and I do the interview process and everything. Um, and at the time I was still 18. I was turning 19 and maybe a week or so. Um, and so we do all of that. I hop on the call. They're asking me a bunch of questions and then boom, boom, boom. They were like, oh, well, now you are a makeover guest on Canada's Drag Race. And I was like, oh my God, that's insane. Like that's, it was literally on my list of things for, because you can't get onto Drag Race until you're 19. And so that was on my list for the new year. So it was kind of insane that like, I kind of got like a little taste of it um, being there as a makeover guest. Oh, it's so lovely. And I mean, like, that sounds very showbiz that you had like a music video that day and everything. Like, that's crazy. It was a very emotional day because I got to like really like look back and be like, oh my God, high school me would be so proud. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's great. And so, so how old were you when you were filming it then? Yeah. So when we were filming, I was still 18. I turned 19, maybe five days after. Yeah. Five days after filming. And then five days after that, I had my first real, like, live gig. That's <laughs> I know. Eight, 19 year old me was having a blast. <laughs> not, not many 18 slash 19 year olds can say that that's what, like, that was their sort of few weeks was, like, doing all well, music, right. video, drag race, live show. Like, that's crazy. I'm telling you, it, like, I always tell people that every drag career is going to be so different with how you start out. So like, just do it and have fun because you never know what's going to happen. You really, really never know. No, well, we were glad you did. You did get on because I mean, I'm, so I mean, I'm sure people remember it was like there was a makeover episode and it was for prom. So there was obviously all sort of young people like yourself who couldn't go to prom because of COVID. Um, yeah. And then obviously... So what did it feel like then walking into the workroom? Did you know, did you know any of the queens from before or recognize them? I did. So I so I knew um Eve and Kendall. Obviously Eve wasn't there for that episode, but I knew Eve and Kendall and and I had known that they had both left for the show because I seen the little spoiler cast um, you know, through Reddit. <laughs> so I didn't know who was still there, but I had no, I knew Kendall, like we had interacted so much online prior to. Um, and funny thing is when we arrived, had she not seen the um, person she ended up being paired with, uh, she was going to pick me because we just knew each other so well. Um, but of course she went with Alex, who I feel like is literally her twin. And it made so much sense um, with their personality. Yeah, no, it was it was great, and I it was a lovely episode, and I I like I said I think because Kendall got to choose who was like cheated all the pairings, and I thought she did a really good job that it was very fair, and also every single pairing, I was like, yeah, that's like a match made in heaven that they're all really similar. <laughs> Definitely. I feel like all of our vibes matched exactly who we were paired with. Like I now, you know, at first I was like, oh my God, I really wanted Kendall. But like 
after going throughout the rest of the day of filming, I was like, I probably have one of the best people to be paired with. Like this is it, it probably like me and Isis are probably the exact same person with different lived experiences. It's like, that's how insanely um, similar we are. You know, it was great to see because you you had like a really sweet connection. I I love Isis. She's one of my favorites. She's like, and she was so funny. Um, I, when we I saw you and her at DragCon, she was so sweet, so lovely, and like, yeah, she's one of my favorites. So when you, I saw you two together, I thought you you seemed like a really lovely pairing. Um, what did it feel like then, kind of knowing? Because you'd already done drag, like you said, and you were clearly a pro. You came in with, you know, like, walking in the heels. You were absolutely killing it. So I knew you were going to do well. Like, I, well, I knew, I thought you were, like, going to slay it kind of thing. So what did it feel like then when you actually thought, oh, I'm going to be in full drag now? Was that, how did that feel? It was weird because I had never had my makeup done by someone else. And so I was kind of just like, okay, I'm really excited for this experience. But I'm also just like, I hate when people touch my face. So, <laughs> so it, it was fun and it was interesting because I, I also knew, um, I, I feel like I... Um, that generation that grew up on Drag Race. Like I've been watching it since I was like 14 or so. And so I kind of got to, I, I, I understand um, that it's more of a personality show than it is about the drag itself. Um, and so I knew that I wanted to be able to tell as much stories and as much about, you know, all my the different communities that I'm a part of, you know, and talk about all those different things. Um, and so being there, I just, I don't know, it felt like I felt like a contestant. I fully was just like, I'm going to let everything go. I'm going to open up to the world and we'll see what happens. And I feel like I really did reap the benefits from opening up about everything. You know, you definitely did. And I think you, like I said, you came across as a total pro as soon as you were walking in it and like those heels and even Isis was like, okay, like it was yeah. so good. <laughs> and so obviously, yeah, so you, you get, you get paired with Isis and then you're, you're doing the challenge and Isis says she's going to make you this red dress because that's your favorite color. You really like that. And so your drag name for that episode was Ruby Couture, but you now go by <laughs> Michaela Couture because that's sort of your yeah. real name. Um, how did that feel when you did you because I assume if you didn't know Isis maybe you didn't know how good a designer she is I didn't but we did get to talk before like you know where we have that moment of just like getting to know each other and I heard that she had won the design challenge both of the, the design challenges prior to so I, I had an idea of you know how good of a designer she might be um, and I was kind of just really excited to see how this all was going to play out. I also didn't see um, what she was wearing for her um, cool mom look because um, they were given a totally different prompt for the makeover challenge. So it was kind of a surprise that they had um, to make an outfit that kind of fit with what they had brought already. Um, but again, yeah, I didn't, I never got to see what she brought. So we were kind of just like, I, I kept asking, I was like, oh, like, do you think this is going to work? Like, I, I don't know what you're wearing. Da, da, da. And I, I was nervous for her, but I was also like, I trust you fully. Um, and you know, we, <laughs> we came out with what we came out. <laughs> no, I mean, I Isis did an incredible job on you. Like you looked amazing. I remember when you walked out, I, I mean, 
I was like, she looks good before. She's going to look good afterwards. But like, you looked so good. Like, I couldn't believe I was like, you look like a contestant. I would have believed you were one of the contestants. It was crazy. Um, I was fully ready to um, like just be a part of the rest of the show. And they took it out. And I really wish they kept it in. But I so they were talking to me and they were the judges. They were talking to me and they were just like, oh, my God, you look so amazing. Da, 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 da. And they were like, you look like a real contestant. And I said, well, I have my bags in the hotel. I'm ready to go. Like, let's do it. <laughs> Stop. Let's restart. I'm so ready. <laughs> You, you could have done I'm sure like I mean you've shown obviously from then that you've like you know you are always stunning and everything so I think I can totally see you as doing that <laughs> and so yeah what, one of the moments I loved them like really a lot from the episode was when you were getting painted by Isis you were having this conversation and you were sort of talking about that you had you know not a great time at high school before that and then Isis also said that talking about herself and you had this really lovely connection where she said you know you don't need to be alone I'll give you my phone number and you can contact me anytime and it was just so sincere like you could tell it wasn't a tv moment like Isis is that sort of person I was wondering what that was like in the moment you will never be alone if you ever have any negative thoughts if there's any anything or if you literally just want to talk to somebody before you leave I will give you my phone number I'll give you all my contact information you're never going to be alone okay ever again I promise it was interesting because I, I'm not a crier. I refuse to cry. Um, and I was, I remember just like, I don't remember how the conversation had begun, but we were, we were just talking about, you know, high school and everything. And um, I, I was like slowly opening up about it. And I just remember you were telling myself in my head, like, Hey, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Like you're fine. Like, just don't cry. You got this. And I feel like because I kept telling myself all of that and because of like just the love that I felt from ice, I, I kind of like broke down and it, it like, I think in that moment when she seen how raw and authentic I was as well, um, it allowed her to open up and be as raw and authentic, you know, with me. And, uh, we, we had this conversation after filming she originally was never, she told um, the production staff that like, she is not telling that story, the story that she told during that episode. She said, I'm, I refuse to do it. I'm not doing it. But because of um, the moment that we had, it made her feel comfortable to then open up and talk about, you know, something traumatic that happened to her. And I... I think that that's exactly what she needed to do. She just needed to let that go. Um, and it allowed both of us to just, you know, move past this traumatic experience we've both gone through and, you know, use each other as um, cushion pillows to just like give each other support and love. Oh, that's beautiful. And you, know, you could tell it was a really genuine moment. And then Ice has obviously talked about it in more like in the confessional bit she was talking about. And you could tell it was, it meant a lot to her. And I, 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 I was watching it. I, even I was like, oh, you know, it was so funny. <laughs> um, so I'm glad that you managed to turn something negative into a positive. And uh, obviously you've now been adopted into the house of Couture. So what, what's that like? Like when she said that, did you think that was really going to happen? Or did you think, oh, like she's just saying that? 
I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I was just like, oh my God, I'm on Drag Race. <laughs> like that's all that was going through my head. But I was, I, I was honored. I was truly honored. And um, it meant a lot to me. I remember that night I had gone home, gone to the hotel um, and kind of like looked up. I was like, Isis Couture, who is this person? <laughs> and, you know, I, I found her, I found Kimmy, I found Savannah and the whole family. And I was just like, this is kind of the the drag family that I would want. I originally kind of started drag with the idea that I would never have a drag family just because I don't, I would never want someone to take credit for the work I did. And Isis never does that. She never, she literally always tells people like, without, with or without Drag Race, Michaela would be an absolute star without me or with her. So I, I really do I'm just like, I'm so thankful for her and everything she's done and um, the amount of love and support that she gives all three of her children. No, she's, I mean, I love Isa. She's, she seems genuinely like a lovely person. Um, so how much out of interest sort of, so obviously you are part of the House of Couture now. And um, so how much sort of interaction do you have with Isa? Because obviously you came to DragCon, even though you've technically not been a contestant, but I thought it was really lovely that she included you in that. I assume that was how it went. Yeah, it was. So I, I remember we had like a gig together um, in some small town and she was like, oh, like, are you going to DragCon UK? And I was like, no, like, I don't really have the money to go. And I was just gonna, you know, stay home, do a few gigs. <laughs> um, and she was like, oh, like, that wasn't the question. I asked you, do you want to go to DragCon? And I was like, I guess, yeah. And she was just like, okay, boom. And like in a week, it was like, hey, here's your flight. Here's, um, you know, this is the booth number, da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, amazing. And um, I don't remember the sponsor's name, but it was all through a sponsor, which uh, is thankful, so thankful to them. Um, and then everything else from, you know, the little Instagram post that that DragCon put up to me doing performing on the stage. It was all just like World of Wonder and DragCon just being like, we think you're amazing and we want to continue to support you. Um, and that felt so, so, so good <laughs> to hear from them and, you know, be um, recognized as like a good artist, whether or not I am a, co a contestant in their show. No, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you were amazing on the show. Like, you're of all the makeover guests, you're definitely one that I remember because you just seemed like a contestant. You were so good. <laughs> so I can see why it, it made sense. And then, because I remember getting to DragCon, and I I knew you were there. We'd sort of talked before, but I didn't know you were part of the House of Couture because it just said your name and the booth number, but I hadn't sort of clocked that it was the same as Isis's. So when I got there, I was like, oh, this is the House of Couture booth. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it had the longest line I've waited in. I was waiting for like 40 minutes, like not a complaint, but it was so busy the whole day. And it looked so cool with Isis's outfits from Canada versus the world, like the, the black one looked so cool. Um, what was that like at DragCon then? Because I guess you were really getting a full experience as if you were a drag race queen. <laughs> yeah, it was really insane because for me, it's like, you know, I... Sure, I have so many interactions with so many people across the world online, but for me personally, I just kind of go to all my fans are in Canada <laughs> and like that's all. And even for the most part, I never even really consider anyone a fan. I'm just like, you are someone who really likes drag and I just so happen to be a drag performer. Um, but to see people like come up and like 
you know, be like, you are amazing. Like you really helped me on when you were on this episode and, you know, seeing you now go to call me mother. Like, it's so amazing to see you just grow as an artist and you're an inspiration. All those things just, it made me change my perspective of, you know, what this, what this episode did for me. Um, and just like how much people I've been affecting for the past, I think it's been a year or two years now. Um, so I just, I, I'm forever grateful and so honored to be, uh, you know, someone that's changing lives. I mean, that, for someone so young, like, if because you, you, if you forgive me for asking, you must be what, 20, 21? Yeah, I'm 20. <laughs> so like, for someone so young, like, that's insane. Like, like, that's just insane that you managed to do all of this stuff and you haven't even been on the show yet. Like, yet, let's hope. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's insane thank you thank you truly it means a lot and so in terms of going back to the episode um so obviously you were on the episode and like I said I thought you did amazing like you did so well Isis did an incredible job interesting that you said earlier that they were given a different prompt for their outfits because that was really the only critique that you two, well, Isis got was that she didn't really look like you and there wasn't a huge amount of sort of family resemblance in that sense. But that yeah. I guess that kind of makes sense because I remember watching it and thinking, you both look good, but I guess together it, there wasn't a storyline that usually would happen on the makeover. Um, yeah. But I thought you two just looked so good. And i be honest, I really thought you were actually going to win, <laughs> if I'm honest. So call, call me an ISIS delusional, but so did we. <laughs> that was going to be my question. What did you, how did you, because obviously you unfortunately landed in the bottom two, which is the opposite of what I thought. So what did you two think? Well, it was funny because we were just like, I, I kid you not, I, we were getting ready and like, I, I think I was the first one dressed or some first two dressed. And um, I remember me and I were like looking in the mirror and we're just like, Oh yeah, we got this. We got this. We were just like looking around the room and we're we're shady. <laughs> we're also a very shady house. And we were just like, yeah, that's that's not a good outfit. They're not winning. No, there's no way in the world. Like it would like, trust me, in person, there's a lot of outfits that were there that I just cannot believe um was scored higher. Um, but um everything worked out exactly how it was supposed to. And I'm we're we're happy. We're happy. <laughs> yeah no you I definitely when I remember watching it and as soon as you walked out because I think you were the first on the runway that on yeah. tv at least I was like they've won like to me they've won all right like, I was like how can anyone beat that and I think because <laughs> Pathia did win I think oh, didn't yes. she, I think overall and like, I can see why they were also really cool like the outfit was really good and I think yeah. if you and Isis had had a slightly more like looked similar I think you two would have won because you looked so good it was like incredible Thank you. I, I, I truly do think that it didn't come down to the garment itself I think it was just the storyline like we are just in that moment we were just like oh this is a fashion moment this is a fashion moment that we were so focused on just like let's strut let's look good that we didn't actually take into consideration that like if she's a busted showgirl and she has this like prom queen daughter we could have we could have played up this whole like oh i'm so embarrassed like all of that and it would have been funny it would have made sense um because you know when you look at say um kendall and her partner it's like 
well, they didn't actually match. Like one was wearing green, the other one was in a Flintstone outfit. It was like, it didn't, you know, it didn't necessarily make sense, but because they played up the storyline, it made them safe. Um, and this is where my drag race brain comes in, where I'm like, oh, duh. <laughs> it's true. Like, like I said, I think presentation is a lot of it. And then, yeah, I thought you two both sold it. You had the House of Couture, like this, you know, the the sultry look, the pose, like you had all of that down. But yeah, I can, I guess I can sort of see why that was a critique, but I still thought you looked yeah. so good. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? To this day, it is still the highest rated episode in the Canada Drag Race franchise. So I'm holding on to that win. I don't have an award for it, but I will make one myself. (laughs) I can see why, because I think not only did everyone look good, but it was just a really joyous episode and it was celebrating the different sort of like the queer spectrum and everyone sort of was bringing something different. It was really cool and it was very heartwarming. So. Um, what did it feel like then? Obviously, so you know, unfortunately, you did fall in the bottom two. What did it feel like then watching Isis have to lip sync for her life, like watching that backstage? What was that like? Oh, I was so obsessed because I had never seen her perform before. So watching it, I was like, oh, we're yeah, that that's my drag mother. Oh my god, absolutely. It was everything. We they filmed us, you know, kind of reacting, and you got like a few shots of it, but I don't think you fully got to see how much I was living. I was like, oh my God, Isis won. Like, she won. (laughs) I can see it. And in that moment, I knew that, well, even before that, I knew that she was going to win the whole season without even watching it. I was just like, yeah, you're a winner. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, because that that's an interesting part of it. Because I mean, yeah, watching the ellipsing, I think Adriana was also great, but you could tell... Isis is an insane performer. Like she's so good and she looks good as well. But it must have been weird after the season, like when it aired, you because obviously then you found out. So not only is she kind of like your new drag mother, but she's also the winner of Canada's Drag Race season two. Definitely such a weird moment because people then at that time, people were like, you better be on Drag Race. Like you, th- you have to do this. We like it. It did feel very. Um, I don't know the words I want to use for it, but it did feel like I wasn't making a just de- a decision for myself. I was applying for other people, um, and I, I we'll get into it a bit more. But like I, I did feel like it. That's kind of why my first audition tape for season three was not the best that it could have been well that was actually going to be my next question a lot of people wanted yeah. to know did you have you applied or do you want to apply for Canada's Drag Race because they think you would be excellent on it thank you I think I'd be excellent on it too <laughs> I so I did apply for season three and I did not get on unfortunately um I watched my video back a few times and I've been, I told myself and I've told other drag artists that if at any point you feel embarrassed by a certain part of your video, it's not a good video. If you don't feel absolutely confident about every last word, every last second of your video, it's not a good video. Like you just, just get, throw it away, give it up, do it over again, maybe. Like truly, that's how I personally feel. And I was embarrassed by certain parts of my video. I was just like, this is not good. I don't like it. But I still submitted it. And I had made it to, 
I believe it's like the second last round of the whole audition process. So I was, I was almost there. I was almost there. Um, but I unfortunately didn't get the last call. Um, and I was at first I was a little sad, but then I became very okay with it because I, um, in my heart, I felt like it wasn't time yet. Like I could go on and maybe I would do good, but just not right now. Like there are parts of me that at that time that I felt could be tweaked a bit more to be like a real winner. Like if I'm going, I'm going to win. And like, I feel like there's little things at that time. I felt like there were still little things that needed to be tweaked so that I could actually go in and be like, oh, we're doing it. We're killing it. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I definitely think you would kill it. I mean, you've shown that you're so good at, you know, what you do and you've had such an amazing sort of career, even though Drag Race wasn't your career to start with, it kind of like propelled you into almost as if it was. Like, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, so one thing that I thought was really interesting was because if you get on, hopefully, let's say season four or whenever it might be, you would be the first makeover contestant to come back to be on a season ever on any franchise as, uh, that I'm aware of. So that would yeah. also be a cool storyline I think for the show not only do you deserve to go on but I think it would just and the fact that your drag mother's a winner like that I don't know it's just so many things would be a cool storyline I, I can see why drag race would really want that yeah I I don't know what I can and can't say uh, what I can say is I'm definitely not on season four uh, for all of those rumors that think that I've auditioned. I have not. Uh, well, I did audition, but I unfortunately did not get on, um, which I also feel like was such a good decision. Like, I, I, I it's sad at the first, at the beginning because you're just like, oh, I really want this. But then when you sit with it and you think about it more, you're like, it's not the time. And I think that once it is the right time, I'll know it, they'll know it, and it, everything will just work out so perfectly. Um, unfortunately, Canadian queens are not performing well when it comes to like followers and everything. And I want to make sure that once I get on the show, I like, you know, rebring all of the season one traction that we had and bring that all back to Canada and show that like Canadians are f***ing killing it. Like we are just as good as the American Queens and the UK Queens and the Down Under Queens. Like we are amazing and we deserve the the likes, the follows, the, you know, the international shows and all the fans. Like I, I am just really excited for that. Well, you talk as if you are, I, you, uh, you've convinced me. If I was a castle person, <laughs> I would put you on. <laughs> well, well, it's not time yet, unfortunately, but one day, one day. <laughs> well, I do hope it, you know, works out for season five or whatever, you know, I mean, I think we just want you on. That, that's, that's, we don't care when it is, as long as you're ready. Because like you said, I'd, we'd rather you go on and kill it because you're ready than go on too soon and, be an early out and then it's sort of a wasted opportunity yeah no definitely I mean I I kind of said that I wouldn't do drag race anymore um just because I after going through the experience of call me mother I think that it kind of shifted how I seen um production people um especially when it's a I I unfortunately 
I, I don't know if this is like an unfortunate or if it's a good thing, but I do have a lot of connections within like the TV media world. Um, and so knowing all these people who run the production of Canada's Drag Race and knowing all these people who run Call Me Mother and uh, Dragula, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, I love you all so much that I don't want to... Um, I don't want the experience, my experience on the show to then alter how I see some of these people. Ooh, yeah, which is like, it's a very interesting thing. And like, I know a lot of people won't get it, but I, I again, and I said it at the beginning, drag shows have nothing to do with actual drag. It's everything about personality and then runways. And that's unfortunate. I wish it was a bit more focused on like actual drag, but I just, I, I don't think that I'm mentally prepared to be put in a situation where I know I'm going to be purposely with and like see, um, you know, people that I have had drinks with or had talked over Instagram with, uh, you know, play into, you know, how I'm perceived to the world. Well, that's a very mature attitude and very sort of, yeah, self-perception. So are you saying that you don't want to do Drag Race at all or you're just not right now, you mean? I think just not right now. But you know what? If they ever if they ever reached out and were just like, hey, let's talk, then, you know, my phone's available. <laughs> well, so if you're listening, then if production... <laughs> and I know they're listening. I've heard some things. Like, they'll reach out and be like, oh, I seen you do... You did this interview and you said this. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so we so that was, that's actually a great segue into what I was going to ask next was um so call me mother. So obviously um you, after drag race um you had that amazing opportunity and everything and then so call me mother comes along. Um as I sort of said to you before we started so I've only seen clips of call me mother because we don't get it in the UK as far as I'm aware I haven't been able to find it on any platform. I've seen sort of clips of it and read about it. So I was wondering if you could perhaps talk a bit about it because my audience might also not quite know what it is yeah um I always tell people that my experience on the show was both awful and the best time ever all wrapped up into one um there was just uh let's start with the beginning <laughs> I I kind of just did it because I didn't get onto drag race which was like that's totally fine I totally understood um, and I had applied for Call Me Mother the year before. And at that time, I did. That was before we had filmed Drag Race um, and that I had even known that I was going to be doing Drag Race. So I applied for the show. It didn't have a name just yet. Um, but I had seen that it was just essentially an opportunity for young drag artists to grow and become better drag artists in a competitive setting. Um, and that was kind of what they had told us the format was going to be like. And I was so for it because again, as I had said, there's so many things about my drag that I didn't fully get just at, just as yet um, that I feel like the show brought out of me. Um, and unfortunately, the things that I learned about my drag was through the pain of the show so unfortunately I was in the bottom um every episode from episode three onward to the finale um and I didn't get it I it didn't make sense to me I felt like I was putting my absolute all into it and 
Um, you know, when I got home and the show was finally out, everyone agreed. Like, it was kind of just like, you put Michaela in the bottom for no real reason. It didn't necessarily feel justified. Um, and so that that's kind of what I was talking about when it's like, I know the production so well, but because of, you know, how they've, you know, talked with the judges about stuff and, you know, how they made things seem, it just, I can't see them in a good light anymore because of that experience. It just really altered, um, you know, how I see drag TV. Um, and you would want it to be something joyful and loving, especially because the show, they they real they said over and over again, they drilled it to us that like we don't want to be like drag race. We want to make this as much of a loving experience as possible. And we want you all to grow as artists. And it's like you say all of that, but then you have multiple artists going home with a freaking like therapy bill longer than I don't know what we paid to get to do the show, you know? So it, it that's just the unfortunate part. Um, but again, as I was saying, through all of that pain, I then rediscovered my, my drag persona. And I feel like I've elevated myself 10 times more than I was when I first started that show or when I had filmed Drag Race and prior to that. So I'm very happy with where I am now. Um, and I guess I, I'm not going to be like, thank you for giving me trauma because it helped me become a better artist. But, um, you know, it, after the show, I did realize that I am and I can be so much more and that my placement in a show does not dictate who I am as a person. I talked too much. I'm going to sip some tea. <laughs> that's what, I mean, you're a drag performer. They love to talk. We all do. Like, that's that's what we're all here for. I've been told the same thing, and I'm not even a drag performer. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, so, yeah, so obviously, like, sorry that you had that experience, I guess. So, I, I mean, I'd love to sort of delve into that a little bit more, if that's okay. But, I, but first, in terms of call me mother if I'm correct tell me if I'm wrong so the way it works is it's called call me mother because there are judges and they're like the mother of a house and you're a bit like the voice without singing you are getting into their house you're like peppermint from season nine of drag race even though she's not Canadian is one of the judges right and you were in her house I believe exactly exactly and then every week someone goes home but you're I guess it almost a bit like X Factor maybe, but for drag in that sense, because you've got like someone who's your mentor, I guess is probably the best word. Yeah, no, exactly that. It's kind of like, the it's like a drag version of the voice where, you know, you're put into a house, you're all working together. And this is kind of where I, I lost the, we want you to grow as drag artists. There was no point where there was actual learning like I think that was the part that I was missing it was like how do I better myself if there's one no critiques that are actually bettering me like a lot of a lot of the things that they would say on the runway were more so like put downs and it was like okay you can like you know say you don't like a certain thing but then because your show is about growing as artists how do I then elevate what you're talking about like if you want me to put stones on it say I need you to start stoning your runways if you want me to start wearing 
gowns. Say you don't want to see bodysuits, you want to see gowns. Or if you see a pair of shoes, then you're like, I don't want to see those shoes anymore. Say you want to see new shoes on the runway. And that's just like little things that I heard from everyone's critiques that I was just like, okay, then why don't you tell them exactly what you're looking for instead of just saying, you look like garbage. Okay, well, then where do I go from there? You know what I mean? I guess, yeah, we've seen it on Drag Race as well, that sometimes the critiques are probably done more because it makes good television rather than it being actually constructive and helpful. Exactly, exactly. And it just doesn't, it doesn't help the competitor because then they're kind of stuck there like, well, you want me to change something, but you're not telling me exactly what it is I need to change. Or it's a change that's so out of like, you know, out of my world where, you know, sometimes they've told people your wardrobe is just too basic. And it's like, well, I'm not a designer. So how do I now teach myself how to sew in my hotel room and create an even better, you know, garment? It's, it's a little harder when there's not much help from there. I don't know if that makes sense. (laughs) No, it does, especially as someone young and like that, the whole point of the show from what I read was it's about up and coming drag performers and it's very inclusive so it's not just drag queens like on drag race it's like drag kings and non-binary people and like lots of different types of drag um so in terms of obviously you were in the house of is it dulcet yes which is peppermint's house so how much interaction did you have with peppermint then a lot actually um we so um how filming worked was you we usually had either two to four days of filming an episode. So, um, you know, there would be essentially like one or two full days where I'm just with Peppermint. Um, like the, our whole house is with Peppermint and we're, you know, strategizing, strategizing, wow, English is leaving my brain right now, where we're working together <laughs> and just like collaborating and trying to like, you know, create, you um, uh, whatever our main challenge is, like, you know, talking about that a lot and trying to put that all together. Um, and then on the following day, that's like the judge, the, you know, decision day where, you know, they figure out who's top bottom, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's usually the day where we're not with Peppermint. So typically a full 24 hours before, um, you know, we go onto the runway. Okay, that's interesting to know because I always wondered on shows like The Voice, I always wondered how much time you actually get with the judges because, I mean, obviously The Voice is slightly different, but, you know, obviously these people are quite well-known, like Peppermint's very well-known. So I always wonder with all the production schedule, how much time they actually get, whether it's just what we see on camera, whether they are very kind of like personable and actually speak to you or if it's only a relationship for camera. I'm, I'm, my brain's turning to see if, like, what can I, I'm, the show, I don't really care, <laughs> we're just gonna say whatever, um, so I would say, um, almost most of the time, almost all the time, um, when we were working with Peppermint, and this is not, she's a businesswoman, she is a busy, busy woman, and, like, I totally get it, Um, but when it came to the show, I personally feel like she wasn't always there with us. Like she would be in the room, 
but um, maybe she's helping us out and sending an email or texting or having a little snack, et cetera, et cetera. And like, this isn't to, you know, diminish, you know, the, the help that she provided for some of us, but I'm someone who needs a lot of individual attention. And I felt like I, when I left the show, I literally was like, I don't feel like I learned anything from her because I didn't really get a lot of time by myself to just like, you know, actually learn. It was just a lot of me watching her uh, send an email <laughs> and get ready for whatever event she was, you know, getting ready for. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's it's it's you know it's interesting. I, I like you said, I can see why. I guess for someone like Peppermint, she's very busy and stuff. But it's if you're going to be on a show as a judge, you like or a mentor, I guess is maybe a better word in that sense. Like that's you do kind of need to do that. So interesting to hear that was your experience. So I think from what I'm hearing, your your time on the show was, I guess, unfortunately, slightly negative, but then an, a positive outcome that it helped you with your drag, but negative in the sense that you felt like you were not getting enough attention or enough um, like learning from it. Exactly. Yeah. What, what sort of from if is there some some examples you can tell me about or tell us that you would like to share about the show in terms of like an experience that maybe you wish should have would have been different or like a something that happened backstage that maybe we didn't get to see that you thought was quite important to share. There's a lot of them. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Um, a few, one that actually did air um, and a lot of people caught on to was, so there's, I don't remember which episode it was, but they were talking about, you know, my runway look. Um, and they were just essentially just saying that they don't think that it's good up, or up to par with everyone else, which I totally disagree. Um, but one of the things that Crystal said, um, and I, I seen her at DragCon and I kind of wish I talked to her about this, but she had said that I had no confidence. And I was like, sorry what like there's no way you can watch the show and like see the way that I was performing and be like you have no confidence I was confident in myself there was never a point in the show where I didn't believe in myself the only time I I guess I you could say I kind of showed that I was no longer interested in being there which didn't even air was around I think it was like episode four four or five I was just like I don't feel I feel undervalued and not appreciated and I think it's my time to just leave and leave on my own terms not be sent home like just go peace out it's been fun um which is ironic in filming time it was the same week that Isis had actually left um Canada versus the world um so had I done that we both would have gotten our phones at the same time and been like hey I just left <laughs> you know <laughs> um which is uh, I so stupid <laughs> but like I yeah at the time I was I wasn't um I didn't lose confidence in myself I was more so just like I don't feel um, like I'm being judged fairly and I don't feel like I'm being appreciated here. So I'd rather take my business elsewhere. No, I mean, that's that's very fair. I mean, I, like I said, I've not seen the show, but when I was researching for this interview, I like Googled your name and like on uh, YouTube, someone did like a mashup video of all of your looks from Call Me Mother. Yes. <laughs> and um, I saw, and I looked at them and I all thought they looked really good. I was like, 
I, I, yeah, so it, it baffles me from what you're saying. Like they do, because I saw all of them and I was like, they all look really professional as well. I, to me, anyway, like they look like it could be a drag race package, as they call it, you know, like the, the outfits. I, I kid you not, the amount of times that I've heard that, I remember um, I posted my finale look and someone wrote this whole thing where they were just like, you literally could have taken this exact same package and brought it to a drag race stage. And there is no way that you could ever have been in the bottom. Like, and I, I 100% agree. I think that the show was looking for something different. Um, and I wasn't that mold that they wanted. Um, they kept saying that they didn't want anyone like the season one winner, but unfortunately that's kind of the route that they ended up going anyways. I personally feel that they want to um, they want to celebrate the um, you know very avant-garde, very different, um, almost into the the clownish, like not gendered at all, um, just you know very non-binary esque drag. Um, and I hope I'm not you know offending either of the winners. Um, I both I think they are both amazing performers and both very very talented and have won for obvious reasons. Um, but I don't think that I should have been on the show because of the mold that they want to create. And that's totally fine. Just decline me next time. <laughs> well, I guess yeah. It, it sounds yeah. So unfortunately, I suppose it sounds like you didn't have a great experience in a in a way, but maybe you know like they always say sometimes you know if someone if they close a door they open a window so it's sort of you maybe didn't have a great experience but it got you some exposure and like an audience that maybe wouldn't have seen you before even if it did unfortunately have a negative experience would you therefore say like if you could go back in time would you have not done it Mm. see and I've been asked this before and it's always such a hard question to respond to because it's a bit of both um in one hand as I said the show after the fact like you know after going through all the depression and shaving my head um I realized how much more of a great artist I am um and you know how to elevate myself but in one hand I feel like I didn't have to go through all of that to realize I'm such an amazing artist and that I can elevate myself so I think I'm leaning a bit more to I would have never I should have never done it like I if I could go back I wouldn't have done it um but again also there's that one part of me that's like it did help me elevate myself after the fact oh, that's very like it's I guess in life there's usually is never like black and white it's gray in the mid like it's, yeah. it's always sort of a bit of everything so I mean you know obviously unfortunately you didn't have a great experience I like I said I've not watched it but I think in terms of the placement, you came runner up though, right? There were was it three or four runners up? Uh, yeah, there there was three, two other people, so three runners up and then the winner. So I guess in terms of like you still placed quite well for someone that had been in the bottom several times. If to come runner up is still like really good in terms of the ranking, even if you disagree with the decision, it's still nice yeah. to that you came runner up, even if you were in the bottom quite a few times. 
Yeah, I, I almost feel like um, my runner-up placement, like if, if you ever get to see the finale, um, even the way they edit they edited the, the whole finale, um, for a slight second there, I almost believed that they were actually going to crown me. And I was like, oh, this is insane. Like, I remember I, I did a finale viewing party and um, I just remember sitting there and going, this is quite interesting. Like, I feel like I could actually have this in the bag. Um, and then to not get it in the end. But uh, <laughs> like, I, in the moment, I I think that my top four placement goes to show that everything that happened throughout the season made absolutely no sense. Like, I really was just a genuine person. And I, and I think that in every, um, you know, challenge and runway, I feel like I did so well that um, uh, Jack Fed actually said this to me over a meal. And he, he was just telling me that they for they forgot to pull me up after punching me down that it never that's like that's kind of why nothing made sense when you watch the whole season because I'm just like awkwardly in the finale after you know being told that I was garbage <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know it's it's an interesting interesting uh interesting show <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, maybe, it sounds to me like maybe they haven't quite found what they were looking for. Or the casting wasn't quite right. I mean, yeah, unfortunate for you, but I'm glad that you managed to pull something positive out of a negative experience, even if it wasn't what you wanted. So, I, you know, let's hope it's not put you off TV in, in general, because I'm sure everyone wants, would love to see you on Drag Race. And hopefully yeah. there you would be celebrated for the gorgeous goddess that you are. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day. We'll see. <laughs> Um, well, so um, the name of my channel is Drag Tea Serve. So I was wondering if you could serve us some drag tea, maybe both from Drag Race and from Call Me Mother. Maybe you can, oh, and you're having some tea. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you could maybe tell us something behind the scenes that happened, something like either something shady that happened or maybe it's just like a funny memory or something you wish had been shown. Huh. Okay, let's see. Oh, oh my God. Okay. This is actually, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I kind of wish it stayed in. But um, so during the prom episode on Drag Race, um, when they were um critiquing um Adriana and Friday, her partner, um uh Brooklyn said, and I think this part's in the episode, Brooklyn says that the outfit is stunning and that she would wear it. And both me and Isis went huh like real loud <laughs> and at the exact same time like same head movement and everything um and like I like we both think it's hilarious because it's just like again another moment to show that like we are so similar with just like how we think how our brain processes I yeah that's like my twin I love ice <laughs> Well, so, so and did did the other people clock that you had done that and turn around and like look at you sort of thing? Um, I don't. I think it was Kendall that was beside me, and I think Kendall had turned her head and maybe like laughed or something. But um, I don't think anyone else had noticed in the room. Um, I just I wish I wish they left that in because that was so funny. <laughs> so you were you referring to Adriana's outfit or the partner's outfit? 
the partner's outfit because it was really bad. It was really, really bad. And Adriana, you know I love you. Sending hearts. Um, but that outfit was really bad. Like, I don't think anyone should ever wear, they, I kid you not, I'm pretty sure Friday actually said, um, Friday, her partner, Friday had said, um, I feel like Michelle Visage, and wow, wow, um, retweeted it, and then Michelle Visage, um, quote tweeted it, and I just remember going, Michelle, you know you would not wear it, stop it, <laughs> don't, don't say that, don't lie to the girl, don't do it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely you've got, like, that the shadiness from the House of Couture. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> and I'm the nice one, I promise. <laughs> no, I, well, I mean, we also, Isis was, Isis was shady on her season, but she always had, like, a lovable side to her that you, like, couldn't get angry at her because she was funny <laughs> when being shady, so then you can't get mad at someone if you're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think Adriana looked great in her outfit, but, yeah, I'm... Her partner, I, I felt so bad because her partner seems so sweet. And I, I thought the makeup was good. But yeah, the outfit could have had some room for improvement, shall we say. So Definitely. funny to hear that was a, a moment. Um, so do you have some backstage tea perhaps from Call Me Mother that you haven't already told us? Oh, my God. It's nothing good. <laughs> um, well, OK, so in the um, in the first in the second and third episode, they're both double eliminations um, after having an episode one triple elimination. So we had essentially lost, I can't do math, we lost like seven people within the first three episodes. And I remember it was the third episode and they had told us that again, two people are going home. And I just remember, I wasn't, I was just like, why are you like you're playing with queer people's emotions i know i'm not going home but like literally like you are playing with queer people's emotions sure we signed up for this but like it really is trauma like that's that's a traumatic experience to you know go on a show and you know you believe that you're going to be able to show as much as you can and i remember another contestant um, who also made it to the finale with me. Their name was Jesse Prezus. And um, they told me later that, like, they were just trying to make good TV. But, like, um, we kind of got into a bit of a fight where I was just like, this is unfair to the queer people that are in this cast. And they were just like, well, you signed up for it, like, da 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 And I was just like, girl, well, good luck when you're the one that's going home. Get ready to pack your bags. They didn't go home, but it was a fun little time. They should have used it in the show. It was like, it was intense. It was hot. <laughs> that, that sounds like, yeah, it sounds to me like they were trying to maybe, yeah, make good TV, but were unfortunately sacrificing people's emotions for it. But, you know, I guess, unfortunately, Drag Race also do that. But I think Drag Race has been around for so long now, they're probably a bit more careful about how, like, about doing it, maybe, whereas Call Me Mother's yeah. new. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're, you know, they send home half the cast in the first episode, but then bring them back for the second episode. <laughs> also, but just as I, as you were speaking just then, I realised, I was trying to think, who does Michaela remind me of? And the person you remind me of the way you speak, kind of the way you look, but just the way you speak and your like funny attitude is Dita Ritz. 
Oh my God, I love Dita Ritz. <laughs> you were giving me, because Dita always, like, she does the Roscoe's viewing parties and she's always so funny and, like, she goes such, like, she's got such confidence and, like, diva attitude, but is really funny with it and, like, obviously stunning as well. So, like, when you were talking, I was like, oh my God, you're just like Dita Ritz. That's, thank you. <laughs> I she, actually... she, she doesn't suffer fools either. Like, she's always calling people out. It's so funny. <laughs> I think that she's everything. I literally, I don't remember when I had seen her season because I know the first ever Drag Race season I had ever seen was season eight. Um, and then I kind of went backwards from there. And I remember when I seen Dita Ritz, I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with you. Um, <laughs> so I appreciate that so much. <laughs> no, she's, I love Dita. She's, my, season four was my first season I ever watched. And then I went back. So I, I loved her. She was so funny. <laughs> anyway, that was just, as she was talking, I was like, oh my God, this is Dita Ritz. <laughs> it's so yeah. Oh my God. Now I need Dita Ritz and I to do a whole photo shoot together. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you for spilling the tears. Very interesting. And I'm, I'm, you know, glad that you had a good experience on Drag Race and maybe the Call Me Mother, like, hopefully they maybe balanced each other out a little bit. Um, a tiny bit. <laughs> well, I'd love to get on to my um, subscriber questions, if I may. Um, Absolutely. So there were lots of questions for you. Um, so someone asked... Um, since being adopted by Isis, what is the best advice that she's given you? Oh. Hmm. Well, I've had a few run-ins with just like, you know, fans kind of like disagreeing with me or, you know, just a few online troubles, I guess you could say. And one of the things that Isis taught me was take that moment as the learning moment um, and, you know, use that moment to just find all the people you love and be able to talk to them and open up to them. I'm someone who tries to be um, as personable as possible, but also likes to keep things for me. So you might notice that I almost never really talk about home life or anything. I might talk about things that are, you know, related to my drag in some way, but I never actually talk about my own personal life. Um, and that's because just like this world that I was thrown into is, you know, a very large one. And while I love Drag Race fans, sometimes they can be a little brutal. So uh, sometimes you just got to keep your opinions to yourself and have some tea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I'm misremembering this. You might not remember, but I, when I was waiting to see you at DragCon there was like a little curtain and we were, you were in like a separate room that we couldn't see. And we had to like wait in these little chairs to get like, well, after waiting in the line, there was like a few chairs, almost like waiting at the doctor's office. And like, I was next to the curtain about to go in. And I could, so I obviously I could hear you too, because you were right on the other side of the curtain. And I thought, maybe I'm misremembering this, but I thought you said that the people before me had like, one of them had like said something slightly shady to you because you hadn't been on Drag Race. And you were like, you basically like called them out and were like, no, no. And like you said to Isis about it. And I thought that was really funny. I can't believe that you heard that. <laughs> that was the person before me. I, okay. I keep forgetting that those curtains are just sheer and everyone can hear everything. Um, yes, that definitely did happen. And to all, I can count how many, like there wasn't too many of them, but to all five of you shady that came to the booth I will never like you ever again <laughs> no I mean it must be not like 
not like because I guess what they were saying is they didn't know who you were because you weren't on Drag Race. I'm assuming that was kind of the gist of what I was getting. And like that's so mean. Yeah. Why would you it's say just, that? It's for me. It was more so just like you don't have you don't have to know me, but you know you're you've seen the name of the booth. It's the House of Couture booth, um, and you know exactly what you're paying for because as soon as you come in, it says who's in the booth you see all of our merch out like it's it's not like you didn't know there was going to be some other person um there and so you don't have to tell me that you don't know me just come in so lovely to meet another couture isis i adore you i love you kimmy i love you and i adore you that's it like that's all that really needs to happen and I'm not sure if it was this specific person, but um, someone had like stepped on my gown and was like standing on it. And I like Sally, um, Isis's assistant was there. And I, I was like, Sally, like this person's like just standing on my garment. Like, I'm not a cheap girl. You like get off of my outfit, you know? And uh, Sally kind of like, you know, told them like, hey, you're standing on this on you know Michaela's outfit like you should step away like apologize da, da, da. they fully looked me up and down and just like stepped off and continued talking to Isis and I was like that is what I find disrespectful because that didn't have to happen you know you could have apologized I'm so sorry that that happened I'm a drag queen nonetheless I'm not just even if it was just someone on the street don't do that. It's rude. It's disrespectful. And maybe I'm just too Canadian, but I apologize for everything. So, yeah. <laughs> I did wonder because like, I i mean, I loved Isis. Don't get me wrong, but I came to the booth more for you because I knew I was going to be interviewing you and I really liked you. But I also loved Isis. I would have gone <laughs> to see her anyway, but I was like, okay, great. I can sort of see both of them. But I remember sort of so, so I, I was more kind of going to see you and Isis as well. But when I heard that, I was like, did I hear that correctly? And I thought, and then it made me wonder, like, yeah, what it would be like for you being in that situation, given that you weren't on the show and how, like, nasty that must feel. And I felt so bad for you. And that's why I was like, I, that, you just, even if you don't know someone, just, like, pretend and be like, oh, hi. Like, yeah. <laughs> Literally pretend. I like just pretend. I've had. I had. A, I think I had like a few people pretend that they knew who I was. Um, and actually said my name wrong. But that's totally fine. I still felt so appreciated. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you you know you had ISIS there for support and like um Kimmy as well. Although Kimmy wasn't there when I was there, but I'm glad that you sort of had your family around you and everything. So that's lovely. <laughs> It, it really was amazing. And that night when we got back to the Airbnb that we were at, um, Ice was like, I'm so sorry for today. And I promise you, and like, kind of like talk to me and Kimmy was just like, if any of this happens tomorrow, we're immediately calling them out and telling them to leave the booth. And that's what we did for all of the rest of the days. Like, I appreciated that so much because like, we, we as couturers do not f around. We care for one another so much that we will go full on to bat like if we have to you know put someone in their place for how they're treating another couture no I mean I can I can totally see ice I can I can just imagine you in the Airbnb I can just see ice is doing that because she's she because like she doesn't like she's had that experience herself on drag where she left Canada uh, Canada versus the world because of that kind of feelings of stuff so I can totally yeah. see her being the mother and so I'm a, I'm glad that you had that and sorry that you had to have that experience in the first place some people are so weird I mean anyway 
Trust me, I know. <laughs> Sorry, on behalf of the British people. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I still love the. I still love London. I had so much fun. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. <laughs> um, the next question was, um, someone said, um, the, there were lots of questions about. I know you're on Call Me Mother, but would you consider going on Drag Race, <laughs> which we've covered? So I think we've that, covered. Yeah, yeah. That was I a think, lot of yeah. questions. A lot. I I did see a few of them. <laughs> I've seen a few of them and like truly I I did really prepare myself to answer it like I again I just right now I think that um them not putting me on for season three and four was a right decision on their part and I think that right now I want to do other things like I I think I want to almost do tv things that have nothing to do with drag but somehow i'm just there in drag like i want to do some iconic you know um and like do something memorable and not that drag race isn't memorable but like there's so many other ways that like you can be on tv and be in drag so we'll see things are coming i have stuff coming so i'm really excited we're very excited fingers crossed obviously for you know everything in the future as well so that's good um Someone asked, uh, do you keep in contact with your Call Me Mother siblings? And they said, you and Just Justin a bit, which is a great name, were my favorite <laughs> from your family. It would be great to see you do a show together. Would you consider it? Absolutely. Um, on the show, I don't think a lot of people knew, knew about this, but on the show, I actually had like a bit of like a... I don't like Justin, but I love Justin. It, there was like a bit of a, we had some, some, uh, some very, uh, <laughs> we had conversations on the show that weren't so sweet. Um, but after leaving the show and being able to talk to one another, um, you know, we, we just came down to the point where it's just like siblings fight and that's fine. Um, and we we love each other now and I would love to come down to Vancouver and um, perform with them again. No, that's lovely to hear. And I'm glad that you I think that happens often on Drag Race as well, like that maybe people butt heads on the show because it's like a pressure yeah. cooker and it's a different environment. Once you're off the show, you then sort of find common ground and you start to like each other more. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a rare. It's very much just because of the scenario that we met in that we didn't have the best first footing. But um, yeah, I absolutely love Justin so much, and I can't wait to see them again. I'm glad. I'm glad that you had that. Um, someone asked, which I thought was quite interesting. So obviously, you aren't because we've talked. You know, you're quite young. Um, someone said, "Is it possible, in your opinion, for a young queen to pursue higher education and drag at the same time?" Absolutely, it's definitely possible. I have so many friends who are, you know, who've graduated from university and were also doing drag on the side. Um, you do just kind of have to sacrifice a few things. Like when you're going into higher education, you are paying for this thing, you know? So I would recommend personally that you um, never put this on the back burner. Always put drag on the back burner until you've reached a point where you can balance the both and do both at the same time at the capacity that you would like to. Um but yeah, it's definitely possible. There's so many people who do it. I mean, not really related, but kind of related. When I first started doing drag, I was kind of, you know, going to different schools and performing and whatnot. But I was also doing my schoolwork and also going to 
um, my after school job that I had and doing all these different clubs and stuff. So, you know, it's possible. You just need to know where you're putting your energy into and what's more important. That's well, it's very mature attitude. I mean, like, yeah, you certainly don't talk like a 20 year old. When I was 20, I would have been, I was so like dumb and whatever. So, you know, <laughs> I like to believe, I like to believe that somewhere deep down, there's like a 40 year old woman sitting inside me <laughs> and she makes all of my life choices. <laughs> that, I mean, that's probably a good thing. You can look like a 20 year old, but like have the sort of uh, foresight of a 40 year old. Yes, yes. I'm going to call her Martha from now on. <laughs> That's a good name. <laughs> um, and someone, so the last question, someone asked uh, another question, which I thought was quite, may, potentially might be quite difficult to answer. Someone said, of the House of Couture, who do you think is the best at what thing? Like, so what's each of your strengths? Uh, you have to be like one thing that each of you is the best at. This is <laughs> this is gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> uh, okay, I think without saying, Isis is the fashion mother. She's like literally top tier. Um, I I could never. I I do believe that, and I think we all kind of agree as a house that um, fashion wise, I. Um, have a better eye for fashion than Kimmy does but that's just because like that's not where she focuses her drag and um, it makes sense um, I kind of it's this is why the question's hard I kind of balance out both Isis and Kimmy um, because I have both of what I have what they both have um, it's just at different capacities so I would never refer to myself as like the fashion girl but I feel like I do have a good eye for what I'm wearing and how I wear it um whereas Kimmy does not fully have that but she is like literally a sickening entertainer and I without a doubt believe that she could probably outperform me but I also do believe that I have a bit of that um performer bug in me so I would say ice fashion goddess fashion queen 10 out of 10 um Kimmy performer house down like has everything that you want to see at a show um and then I'm kind of just in between <laughs> you're the um the all-rounder I would call it I you know what I'll take that, <laughs> no, that it, I thought it was an interesting question because I was like yeah you're all so good like the high school tour is one of those one of those high where I looked at all of you and I was like they're all good and they all have amazing fashion it's like it's really difficult to decide what each of them are good at right? it's not like yeah it's difficult right and and that, and that's the thing it's like even with like Kimmy wearing just bras and panties it's like even with those she like looks so good though like looking good is looking good at the end of the day you know what I mean so I don't know I I'm very like they're all amazing and I'm so proud of them no they're, they're all amazing and like there's a reason why they they, they were both on um Drag Race, one of them's a winner. Like Kimmy was also iconic on her season. I really liked her. She was a sickening performer, like great lip syncer. So I can see why that's all like being in that house must be such an honor. Cause like you then are sort of the acknowledgement that you're also iconic, just like they are. <laughs> no, literally that. And I think also just like seeing, getting to see some of the things that they do and pull out. Like I, when I got to see Isis's finale runway, I was just like, oh my God, like I need to 
you know, try and be at that level. And then when I see Kimmy performing at all her gigs, I'm just like, wow, I want to be at that level. So we're all, you know, taking inspiration from one another and always trying to be better than the person we were the day before. That's very mature. There you go. I mean, that's why that's why it's a sickening house and you're part of it. <laughs> well, thank you for that. That's all my that's all the questions. And I'd love to get on to my quick fire round of questions. So five silly questions, like some are drag related, some are not, but it's just to get like your first top of your head quick response. So lipstick or lip gloss? Lipstick. Yes or no, pineapple on pizza. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, favorite emoji? Oh, um, this one, the one's like, oh, I love that emoji. I love it so much. <laughs> um, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. And can you summarize your experience on Drag Race in one word and your experience on Call Me Mother in one word? Um, experience on Drag Race, I would say um, life-changing. Oh, that's two words. Well, hyphen. Yeah, what I mean, hyphen. <laughs> um, and experience on Call Me Mother, um, different. Yeah, that was the nice way of saying whatever I wanted to say. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I was lovely speaking to you. I'm sure my audience has loved to hear more about you and see more of your personality and like the elevation. Because I think even since on Drag Race, you've changed so much. Like it's it's kind of, it's almost like two different people, like the evolution. You know, like Pokemon when they evolve, like that's, it's yes. great. <laughs> um, so I was wondering if you could, yeah, so um, if people want to sort of find more about you, where can people find you, like social media? Do you have any like projects or anything you want to talk about? Yes, everyone can follow me at Michaela.Couture on all platforms except for Twitter, where it's just Michaela Couture. And you can catch me in the UK very, very soon with a House of Couture, Couture, tour. Um, and uh, what else is there? Oh, I have a few um, TV projects that are coming out very soon. One being a film that's going to be in Canada and another show that I assume it's just going to be everywhere um and i don't know what else come see me if i'm in your city great well i would we would i'm sure we would, we're all so happy to hear that you've got something more in the pipeline because we just want more michaela like that's all we want <laughs> we just want more the house of couture wants more you know all of that so thank you so much it's been lovely speaking to you and let's hope we see you either on drag race or whatever else it is that you want to do Thank you, my angel. It was so nice talking to you. Thank you so much. Lovely to meet you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>